talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. Why, hello, everybody, and welcome to Fight Club. We are live. We are live. <laughs> welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Hope everyone's having a great start to your day today. Um, we are back on live and invigorated and full of so much happiness from the weekend that we got to spend with some of you and our first in-person retreat. Um, we're so thankful that you took the opportunity to come out and work with us and really focus on doing you know, work for your business and what needed to be done for your business. And we're so happy that we could help so many of you and you know, we're excited to announce at some point that we will be having another retreat in Florida. So we'll have more details to come on that. But we're going to take off today and talk with Miss Kathy. We're so excited to have her here with us and can't wait to really dive into all things, you know, operations, management, finances, and marketing with her. So we'll kick it off with our unusual kind of around the table introductions. My name is Taylor Maroney, and I co-own a power washing company with my husband in South Florida. And I also have been in marketing for about five years now, and I'm excited to say welcome back to Fight Club. Awesome. Welcome. And uh, my name is Megan Lex. I am the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online, where I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own Life Accounting Company, which offers uh, back office accounting solutions for those of you that hate numbers and hate math. And I'm the co-owner of Jeff Likes Windows and Gutters in Northern California uh, with my husband. And I'm very happy to be here. Welcome to Fight Club. <laughs> Yay. And I am Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars, and we do remote admin services and office management for your home service business. And I am ex super excited to be back from Colorado with my swag. My mm -hmm. cup swag. I don't know why I'm so excited about the cup. <laughs> and welcome to Fight Club, everybody. <laughs> Hi, and I'm Martha Woodward, um, founder of a cleaning business in Oklahoma called Dusting Divas and co-founder of Quality Driven Software and the program Level Up. Love it. Kathy, yeah. tell us who you are, please. <laughs> I, good morning. I'm Kathy Nielsen, and I have a company called Operation Excellence. I'm better known as ChickenLadySpeaks.com, um, and I I came up through the service industry, um, and after a journey, which I can expand on if you want me to, but <laughs> I started this business, and so I teach and train companies all across the country, primarily in the services industry, just because that's where I'm well known. And um, on leadership, on customer service, and then also I happen to be really, really good at software. So I do a lot of teaching and training on QuickBooks and Service Titan. So that's what yeah. I do. Speaking everyone's awesome. language today. Well, I know. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I think I'm going to steal you first, Kathy. I'm going to, and Michelle, I promise I'm not stepping on toes with this question. No, okay, I love it. We're going to talk about um, CSRs and how that really does play into marketing. That, that voice of a CSR can really build the brand of a company. And 
just kind of your experience in, you know, helping individuals in the service industry hire and, you know, kind of help, maybe not hire, but help train those individuals. Um, and the, what's the biggest benefit of having that beautiful, friendly, nice voice behind that phone? Well, it used to be back in the day, um, you know, I've been doing customer service and customer service management since, oh, this is aging me, probably the mid 80s. And back in the day, it was a warm body. We didn't care who that was. We just needed the phone answered. Um, and now they've, they've done a lot of tracking and you can even narrow it down to who answers the phone, what technician goes, and how that produces revenue. And it can be as granular as these two people in that combination make the best um, revenue. And so they've, they've realized that it's not a warm body anymore. It needs to be somebody in particular. And you also wanna create culture because culture is so important and warm bodies don't create culture. And so getting not only the right voice but also the right, I use assessments. I'm a giant fan of assessments. I've used them for 15 years. And so if I get the right person, the right character, then I can have the right voice. And it makes a huge difference on retaining customers, having them have a great experience. Um, and then also you want people that want to learn. The psychology of words is huge on the phone. Mm. Um, and so when I do my customer service boot camps and retreats, we talk a lot about that. Um, and, you know, when I raise my kids, it, they, it's funny, they do the same thing to me now when we have conversations as adults. And so um, it, it's just really learning that and you want those people that want to learn that and are excited to learn that. Absolutely. Is there, um, so is there like a particular, um, well, I guess I'll ask two questions and I, I'm really stepping on Martha and Megan's toes here today. I apologize guys, but I feel like it ties really well into the marketing side of it too, because it really is on the sales sales and marketing front. When they speak to these individuals the first time, it's their first impression of the company. So it's very important. And um, is there, a, you said you did an assessment. So is there, you know, one question that really stands out to you in your assessment in finding these individuals? And then number two is you were talking about the power of words and I have a very good friend of mine and she is the same way. She's very, very big believer in the power of words and what they can do and impact not only your personal life, but also your business and professional life. And just kind of would love for you to expand on that a little bit more because that's really something we haven't talked about much on the show. Well, I can really geek out on both. <laughs> uh, so I'll try to kind of narrow it down just to give you a snippet. But first on okay. assessments, I use the Intermetrics assessment. It's the only one out there that does um, how you do what you do, which is DISC, been around since the 20s, what, why you do what you do, it uses the seven motivators, and what you do, so the gut of you, the, your kind of moral guideline. Um, so I had very clear expectations in every position of the business I was GM at um, on what that character looked like for that position. Um, what I ask people when they're looking for like a CSR, I say, how do you want that position to behave? That's what you're looking for is behaviors in that position, right? You're not looking for a skill set. I can teach skill if they're capable. Um, the other thing is, so the psychology of words, I, one of the best compliments I ever got, I was on site 
And when their salesman left and said, you know, thank you for coming, he said, it was so fun listening to you. You are so deliberate in what you say. And that was a huge compliment for me. It's one of the easiest examples is if you say to anybody, employee, kid, whatever, you say, well, why did you do that? That sounds very different than help me understand your thinking in choosing that decision. Why is very parental? Right, very parental. So they get defensive immediately, whether they realize it or not. So just shifting your words. If a customer calls, happens all the time, you'll say, this is Kathy, how can I make your day better? And they say, oh, Karen, blah, blah, blah. Our instinct as a CSR is to correct them. The reason they got it wrong is they're not listening to you, they're thinking about what they wanna say. Don't correct them, it doesn't matter, right? It's not important to their experience. And that's our goal is great customer experience. So, and like if they call and say, hey, I need some electrical work and we don't do electrical. We never say we don't do electrical ever. We say we do heating, cooling, and plumbing. If you have needs for that, we'd be happy to help you and love to be your service company. For electrical, we suggest blah, blah, blah. If you don't have a suggestion, then you say, I would, you know, check with your friends or people you know that have had electrical service to find a company. But I okay. never use the word don't. We don't do it ever. That's perfect. I mean, that's that gem right there is something probably so many people don't even realize they're doing in their business. And it really can be impacting the entire experience for those customers. And um, that we, we actually had that happen to us this morning. We had someone message us from Connecticut thinking we had, we were a power washing company up there, same, similar name. So, um, and we went about the process very similar to how you were saying with choosing the right words and making sure they understood that it was just a genuine mistake on accident, but they're very thankful. And, um, hopefully they get a great service from the other pure power washing up in Connecticut. But, <laughs> um, if you start out with, I don't do electrical, they've shut down. They're already Googling the next company or whatever, but it, it straight leads to marketing. If you tell them what you do do, mm -hmm. that, that is marketing, you yep, know, it is it's, it's your kid's ball game with the company chair, you know, labeled on the back. It's like, we give all our employees chairs for their kids softball games or whatever. You know, it all, all of that customer service feeds into marketing. All of it does. It really does. So I, I definitely stepped on some toes today, but <laughs> I wanted <laughs> to talk to you about it because I knew you would have so much value to give to our listeners. And I really appreciate your time. And I'm going to kind of pass you on to Megan now for some finances. Yeah. Awesome. Kathy, I got so excited when I saw that you hold workshops that talk about QuickBooks Online because I am a total QuickBooks Online nerd. And um, I, but I kind of, I tend to say, don't integrate it with your CRM. I tend to say, keep them separate, keep the system separate. So I, I just would love to hear how you figured out these integrations and what your recommendations are for home service businesses. Well, I always recommend integrating if it integrates because then you're only managing one area and you're not doubling the entry. Anytime you make an entry, a GL entry or anything, it's an opportunity for error every time, right? Because as humans, we make errors. 
So if you're already entering it in your CRM and you know that's right, then why wouldn't you just want it to flow over there? So create your processes in your CS, CRM to have accurate data and then limit anybody that hits financials. Because QuickBooks is your financials, your CRM is your data. Um, and so that, you know, that's my opinion and my belief, but I just really, anytime you're creating a spreadsheet, that's opportunity for error. Anytime you're, you know, if, you're, if your CRM gives you that data, then don't create it manually. Um, I, I was at a shop last week and she was doing that. She wasn't linking them. And then when they were linked, it wasn't linked well. And so she was going into QuickBooks and, and manually changing every invoice she touched. And I'm like, oh, no, let's right on the front end. And we, I showed her how it could be and we fixed it. And she's like, I might have a life again. And she <laughs> QuickBooks, you know? I'm a total geek about numbers. I absolutely believe you should know where you're at. You should know your break even. You should know your billable hourly rate. You should know your margins, but I just don't think it should be hard. You know, mm -hmm. if, it, if it's hard, you need to rethink the way you're looking at it. So I have a lot of conversations with business owners who really struggle with their break even point. They really aren't comfortable finding that. Do you have like a process or a workflow that you walk them through to help them think about their break even point? It came up because weekend we did a we did a budget workshop, and um, and that's a very different exercise than a break even workshop. Um, so how do you go about explaining break even points to the people that you're serving? Well, first off, in this Five industry, I'm sorry. <laughs> in, in the services industry, the big thing is most of the people were really great technicians and they weren't business people, right? So that's a, that's a mental shift for them. And, and some of them get really good at it and some of it don't understand it. So first off, they have to just be willing to understand, you know, there's like five or six numbers, right? They need to look at every day. Um, so they need to understand that and be willing to learn that. The second thing in this industry is most of them have a wife or a girlfriend or somebody that was self-taught doing their books. I'm not opposed to that. I, however, they need to own it when they're above their head, right? When they say, I don't know, I need help. They need to own that. And a lot of them are afraid to own that. I, I worked a lot of years with my business coaches to figure out what I'm really good at and what I'm not really good at. And I own them both, right? Mm -hmm. Like marketing, marketing is not my gig. I don't love it. <laughs> so we have people like you, Taylor, that love that. And so we say, not my gig, talk to her. Um, and so as far as finding your break even, the, the easiest thing to do is there's a lot of great, um, template Excel templates out there and you just plug in your numbers. The biggest problem I think they have is when they realize what that number is, they kind of freak out and go, I can't, I can't charge that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I have daughters in the industry too. And I have one that does price books for companies all over the country. That's how she's paying for college. And she was talking to a company in California and she says, what's your billable rate? And they're like, oh, 175. And she said, she made a noise and they're like, what? And she said, I'm not an expert. You need to talk to my mom or Joe or somebody else. 
but you should probably be between 480 and 625 for the area. Oh. Right. And she was exactly right. She, she said, I don't know for sure, but this is what I think. And, but for them to hear it, that's a big pill to swallow. So I think just helping them with a template that's easy for them just to plug in a number that does the math and then helping them understand that they're worth that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. There's so much mindset related to money. Uh, do you have a favorite book about mindset related to money? I, I have, um, I have a membership program and we're reading the mindset book for the month of October by Kat, Carol Dweck. Oh, um, cool. I know there's like, you're a badass at money and uh, pricing right by Ellen Rohr. There's a couple others, but do you have a favorite? You know, I don't really have a favorite. I've, I've listened to Ellen several times live and um, I like how she breaks it down simple. Um, I, I tend to reach out to people I know and trust um, and talk through it um, because I'm auditory. Most people are visual, right? 68% of the people are visual. I'm not, I'm auditory. And so I tend to want to have conversations rather than read it. Um, so, and like when my husband went into management, I had him sit down with a session with my friend, Joe, about exactly that. You know, how do you, how do you figure that? Where do you get that amount? Mm -hmm. You know, just about profitability and stuff. So I don't have a particular favorite book, but I've, I've kind of dove into several of those you've mentioned. I love that though. I love the, the one-on-one -on -one pep talk and, and playing to people's where they're going to hear you the best or, or understand it the best. Um, so thank you for that, Kathy. So we talked a little bit about the break-even point, and then we talked about the mindset around knowing your worth and selling your worth. So I'm going to pass you to Michelle. And awesome. Kathy. <laughs> My other favorite chicken lady, and I don't know, uh, Megan probably won't admit it, but we're both chicken ladies too. So it's fun. We both have chickens. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she told me, she asked me before we got on how many I had, and I, oh, and I love it. sadly, the coyotes wiped them out, but I have a brand new coop that I'm, I am getting ready, so. <laughs> Good, cool, just in time, just in time. So you work with a really cool association called Service Roundtable, and for the listeners that haven't ever heard of it, can you just give us kind of a high-level overview of what that association is? Please. Uh, so there's several associations out there. Um, service Roundtable. I was actually, when I was a GM, I was a member as a user. Um, now I'm a vendor partner. Um, so what they do is offer different education venues. They, they offer a small group called Service Nation Alliance that you have I think it's weekly phone calls or bi-weekly phone calls with your small groups and you talk financials and you talk numbers and you get more granular, but as an overview, they put on Service World, which um, this year was virtual, so I'm not a big virtual fan of um, <laughs> conventions. It's it's hard to network, and I, again, yeah. I'm auditory, and so just to sit there in front of the computer isn't my gig, but um, they put that on, which I think is one of the best um, trade shows in the industry. They do a lot of breakout sessions, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, so you get that snippet of that person who's specific to, um, you know, what they do well. Um, they offer different educational people pieces using different people. Like I do a customer service boot camp, two day boot camp 
that they facilitate, I facilitate, they sponsor, I guess is a better word. Um, okay, that's awesome. So they have lots of, they have lots of resources. If you're a business owner and you say, okay, I want to see, um, give me a, a furnace maintenance checklist and you can go out and get that. Like mm. they have it. And when you're a part of an association and in this industry, people are so generous to share. So it's, it's like a peer group you're a part of to be able to um, just ask. And it's, it's like a safe environment because everybody's been through it. There's different levels from the beginner, you know, one man truck to 150 truck shop. So um, mm -hmm. there, there's a saying that if you're the smartest person in the room, get a different room. <laughs> true. Right? I love that thing. Yeah. I love and it. It's true. It is true. And you see it in kids it sports. When my daughter was in softball, it's like, if you're the best player on the team, or you're playing a team that's not as good as you, then you will play down. Yeah. So get in that room that you can play up and, and Service Roundtable offers that because there's a lot of people in that room. Love it. Love it. You mentioned also before we came on live that you go out and visit companies all over the country. In fact, you're getting on a plane and coming my way today. Um, tell me what you're seeing out there in terms of technology other than Service Titan, which obviously backbone of running your CRM. What other sort of technology are you seeing out there in the field that people are implementing in their service business that's kind of helping them gain traction this has been a really tough year. So maybe you're seeing something out there that we're not seeing. Well, I don't know that there's anything out there people aren't seeing. I think, um, you know, a lot of companies, Zoom got a bad rap in the media um, with some hacking that went on and whatnot. Um, so Teams, Microsoft Teams became really big. Um, Zapier is really big, which integrates with, I know it integrates with Service Titan. Um, I don't know about other CRMs. Um, Trello is really big. Salesforce yeah. is really big. The biggest thing I tell people about technology is just don't have so many platforms for your employees to manage that, that you have them being a clerical person, right? Yeah. A technician is really great at being a technician. They are not clerical. Yeah. So if True. they have to go into five platforms, they are probably going to fail somewhere. Yeah. True. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a creature of that. Like I don't have a lot of platforms. I just brought on an admin assistant to manage that because I don't, yeah. <laughs> like to. I don't have time to get on five different, you know, things to sure. see if I need to do something. So I'd say technology is great, but keep in mind, if you're that technology geek, your techs or your CSRs or whatever might not be, and you have to decide on your expectations of technology. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to pass you on to Martha. Thank you so much, Kathy. <laughs> you're welcome. Hey, Kathy. Um, it was funny. When you were talking about sports and the analogy on if you're playing somebody who's not a good team you know the whole team is going to lower their performance and I one of the things that I really preach to people in the culture uh, people world is that they need to expect more like 
what I see, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it, but I think we get disappointed with the people who work for us many times. And so instead of raising the bar and holding to our expectations, what I see people do is lower the bar and lower the bar. And then they're like, nobody, nobody's meeting my expectations. And of course I'm going, yeah, because they know you'll just keep saying, okay, let's just keep going down. And uh, so I love that analogy because it's so true. And, you know, people deal with it by saying, all right, let's just don't expect anything. Let's just have a free for all. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I, I see that all the time. Um, I, just a couple examples. I'm a big person on stories. I think stories help us relate. But so last week I was at a shop and I'm doing technician training. There's probably, I don't know, eight or 12 techs in the room. And this young one is kind of beside me. I was standing up and they were all sitting and he's on Instagram. So I said, do you want to join us or stay on Instagram? Because they paid a lot of money for me to be here. So mm -hmm. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. And he goes, oh, sorry. And I said, I don't play. You're either here to learn or go do something productive. Mm -hmm. What I didn't realize is it was the owner's son. Oh, I love Then when I found out it, it was his son, their son, um, the next day, um, I, I said, I didn't realize that's your son. They said, oh, no, that was great. That's why we're smiling. And I said, well, if it was my child, I would want someone to call him out on that because if they work for anybody else, that wouldn't fly. Right. So I, you know, I've run into that stuff the week before I was at a company and this, I was helping them on their mobile device and the location services kept popping up to turn it on. I said, you need to turn that on. The software is intended to use that. He goes, well, I don't want people to know where I'm at. And I said, are you a cheater? Mm -hmm. No, I'm not a cheater. I said, then who cares? Right. Who cares right. where you're at? If you're not a cheater and you're being fair, who cares? Right. He says, well, luckily I have an owner that doesn't care. And I told the owner, he said that and he goes, oh no. So it's that whole expectation thing. If, and years ago, years ago in my former life, I went to marriage counseling and he said, if we lower our expectations all the time, pretty soon we're really unhappy because what we really want is higher, right? right? But we know we're going to get disappointed. So we keep putting it down. And I think if, if you clearly know the expectations and you clearly know the consequences and or the rewards, then everybody gets it. And when I left as GM, I had most all of my employees come into my office at one time or another and say, you're the best manager I ever had. It's not because I'm some amazing manager. It's because I, they all knew the expectations. They all knew the consequences. They all knew the rewards. And it was fair across the board. Right. And fair doesn't mean equal. But what I mean by that is 
Christmas as an example. I have three girls. I spend the same amount of money on all three girls, but one might have 20 gifts and one might have two. Because mm -hmm. the one with two has these really high expectations <laughs> in taste, right? And yep. so it's fair, but it's not equal when they go to open gifts. Yeah. And, and I think that's with employees, that's so important. If you want, if you want a high level team, then set the expectations attainable and higher to that. But, but if you're going to hire lower, you're going to get lower expectations. And like you said, you keep creeping that down and pretty soon you, you've got a bunch of people that can't do what you want them to do or they refuse to because you didn't hold them to that anyway. Right, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I really hope people heard that because um, it's just people are such a huge part of a entrepreneur's dissatisfaction, you know, and that, like it's kind of the vein of what many business owners hate about their business and they it could be much simpler you know it could be so much simpler and i notice we have a common thread that we're both pretty direct and you know i noticed <laughs> i noticed the things that you were saying and i'm like yep yep i'd be the same and I think people, you know, you have to watch what you say and how you say it, but when, when business owners or managers just like beat around the bush 50 times and don't say what they mean, they're not going to get what they're asking for. So by saying are you busy? You know, are you mm -hmm. at this meeting? Are you not at this meeting? You know, um, whereas if you weren't direct, you, you know, might say something like everybody paying attention, everybody paying attention and not talking directly to the person that you're intending to talk to. So I, I love, I am not a fan of mixed messages. I love being direct. And uh, just getting things on the table. And I think you just cut to the chase so much sooner. So mm -hmm. that was awesome. That was and there's awesome. a lot of owners and managers in this industry because they were techs and now they're owners or managers. Right. And, and they make excuses of why that person can't do that. Right. Well, you don't understand when you're in the field, blah, blah, blah. I understand it. You know, I'm, I, I'm married to one. I've done a ton of ride-alongs and drive-bys. I get it. And, but they make excuses or a lot of them don't have it in them to hold people accountable. And so clear expectations and consequences and rewards allow them to hold people accountable to this expectation. And then it's not personal. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and the last thing that I'll mention is that I see this a lot and I'll see what you say about this, Kathy, but I think the number one excuse that I hear people make is, but it, we're shorthanded. I can't enforce the rules right now because we're shorthanded. And, you know, of course I'm like, when are you not shorthanded? That's what I want to know is when are you not? And so, and 
the policies don't just pop up when times are good. You know, the policies have to be followed all the time. And what do you say to people when they tell you that? Because I know you've heard it too. All the time. And like I was at a shop in Florida, they happen to be really good friends of mine for years before they were a client. And they have one particular tech and they're like, he's our biggest producer, but he was a culture killer. He was just, he was that technicians are divas. They just have different levels of divaness. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I say that like with a good heart, I'm married to one and, and you watch them. And, and when I say that to them, they start going, oh yeah, I'm a diva. Right. And so I told him to fire this guy. And he's like, oh, I can't because it's, you know, he's our biggest producer. I said, I'm telling you, everybody will step up. Yes. So he calls me a couple months later. He's like, guess what I did? And he fired that guy. And I said, so he goes, didn't miss a beat. Everybody was so happy that he's gone. And my culture came up that we haven't missed any revenue. Yeah. So there's a 48% shortage of text. I get it. But but do you want to allow them to kill your culture and ruin your expectations and ruin the level of play that you play? I don't think it's worth it personally. Yeah. Mm. Well, I end up this company is dusting divas. Like she has diva. You've <laughs> <laughs> like you inferred that the techs will be divas, but you have yeah, a, we, we are definitely divas. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so great. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Perfect. now we have homework. Yeah. Homework. Awesome. Okay. So we talked a lot about um, the intention of your words and also just the, you know, friendliness and knowing that it's not just a warm body behind the phone, that there really needs to be someone with an intentional purpose on your phones answering and really being the face of your company. And that's, you know, the face of your brand when you first get there, or voice of your brand, I should say, not even face, they can't even see them. But, um, you know, I want you guys to focus this week, kind of, if you have the ability to pull some call recordings of your um, CSRs or your sales reps, you know, just pull those recordings and take a listen to how they're using their words. See how they're approaching certain situations. Like Kathy said, whether it's a situation of you don't do a service, for example, see how they're approaching that and what words they're using to get across to your clients that they may not perform that service, but this is what we do. And this is how we could help you if we have someone that we can refer to. So just, if you have the call recordings, listen, if not, maybe set up a, a tape recorder or maybe pop over into the room next door and just kind of listen in, um, but really be intentional about your words this week. Wow. That just gave me goosebumps. I, I've never listened Love to a call for my company ever uh, but I absolutely can because of nice job so I will and wow that's a good one day <laughs> I feel like based on how what Kathy and I talked about that my homework this week is going to be finding your break-even point and I know that sounds like a simple thing it's not the most simple uh Kathy if you have one of these excel templates that you like if you wouldn't mind sharing that with us we can share it in the group or I'll try and do a little bit of research to see if we can find a template that will help you do the math. Um, but I think that it's a good exercise to start on. I know that we've been talking a lot about setting fourth quarter goals and expectations and, and it always comes back to price. So knowing your worth um, and, and having a good, a good idea of how much it's costing you to go out to do this work would really help this week. So that will be your finance homework. Sweet. 
And your systems homework, I loved that you mentioned Zapier. Taylor and I totally dorked out on Zapier when we were together in Colorado. So I'm going to put a link up. I don't have a relationship with them, um, but it's a great thing to check out. If you want to make certain things talk to other things, I try to liken it to sort of um, a bullet in a gun, right? Zapier kind of allows you to shoot from one CRM to another or shoot from one platform to another and connect those two things together. So it's a pretty cool platform. I'm gonna put a link up there. And then I also want everybody to check out the Service Roundtable. And I think they've got some amazing resources. I was perusing their website yesterday and they do have some really cool stuff there. So I'm gonna put both those links as your homework. Check them out, okay? <laughs> right. Um, Quality Driven links was Zapier. So I'm gonna have to look at what we can pull from Service Titan to- Ooh able Ooh, to like those two, so that's like awesome that. um what my homework for you all is is that i want to look at i want you to look at where you're lowering your standards and when you are talking about how many times somebody is called out or so forth i want you to look at it from the perspective of are they meeting your standards or have you lowered that invisible bar? Because if you're not following your policies, you have an invisible bar that nobody knows what's happening. So look at those things, analyze it, and then I challenge you to expect more and you will get more. Okay. Cool. Kathy, Good stuff. do you have any homework you want to elaborate on or any of ours that you'd like to add clarification on? Um, I, <laughs> uh, I, you know, everything you guys put for homework, I'm, I'm a giant fan. Um, <laughs> I would say to link all those together would be empowerment is empower your employees to do those things. Um, and there's a psychologist at Texas A&M where my daughter went, gave a speech one day and she talked about air problems and water problems. And in a very short nutshell, a water problem is when you're terribly thirsty and the journey to get a drink is long, but you take a drink and you've forgotten the journey. An air problem is if something, something's happening that you can't get air, right? You will die without air. And so think about that when your employees are always asking you questions, is it an air problem or a water problem? Or what level of problem? Can they make that decision? And be okay with it. And if you aren't okay with it, then talk to them about how they could have made a different decision, but don't, don't throw them under the bus for making the decision they did. Um, and my kids even now, I was talking to her the other day and I said, Oh, I, you know, and she said, what's wrong? I said, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. She said, air problem or water problem? I said, eh, water problem. She goes, how oh, that goes. That's so good. That's awesome. I, I love say, that one. Give your, give your employees a power for all those other things that the people gave you homework for to help you with that homework. Let them do some of that homework and um, be okay with it. Mm, I love it. That was really good. Good one. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you guys. Do we have a quote? We do have a quote, right? We do have a quote, yeah. 
We have a quote. Awesome. Let me read it. So the quote for the week is in the end, all business operations can be reduced to three words, people, product, and profits by Lee Iacocca. And notice that people came first. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys thank you so much. Thank you, Kathy. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Thank you, thank you so much. For having me. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Awesome. Bye, guys. Have a great week, everybody. Keep fighting. Bye. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.